0: The work. He says it is finished, right? So we must have to, we just have to enter by faith into what He has finished for us. I think I need to slow down and say that again. We just have to enter by faith what He's already done for us. You see, I didn't create, I didn't create my wife, right? I was just obedient to move back from Columbus to Lima and she was going to this church already. You see what I'm saying? God said, move back to Lima. He gave me rest. God talked to me. He said, move back to Lima. Anytime God, oh my God, catch this. Anytime God talks to you, listen. Anytime God talks to you, obey him because in his word is triumph. He will never talk and it not come true. You know what that would make him? A liar. God does not lie. Anytime he talks, it comes true. So when the Lord tells you to do something, do it because there will be victory attached. He powers his own word. Listen to me. God powers his own word. He said he looks over his word to perform it just to make sure nothing is falling to the ground. I praise God for his word, for the word is what we live by. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when God speaks to us, he's giving us rest. He's giving us a revelation that will empower us with a strategy for triumph. So when he said move back to Lima, that was the revelation. He empowered me with faith to do it and enabled me to have the resources to come back here. The strategy was obeyed when he said move back to Lima. Okay. I obeyed the strategy. So what is the triumph of me moving back to Lima? I was in Columbus I don't know why people automatically assume that leaving Lima, you're gonna be blessed when you leave. That's foolish. Oh, if I could just live in Columbus. Oh, if I could just be in Hilliard. If I could just be in Fort Wayne. No, the blessing is wherever God is. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear me, Lima? The blessing is wherever God is because you can be broke in those cities too. So you have to be where God wants you to be and where he planted you. So the triumph of me moving back to Lima is that my wife was here. The triumph of me moving back to Lima is that now uh, I was a, a, a alcohol-fueled, drug-fueled, uh, sin-fueled man until God got a hold of me and saved me. But now you have a righteous man of God to lead you in the ways of God because he saved me and sent me back to Lima because so that I could be an influence and a teacher to you. That's the triumph of obeying God. Say this with me. I must must obey God God for for victory. Listen to me. It's not your ideas that bring you victory. You know that you mess up. God never does. So we must hear from the Lord to receive his rest. So we see in Genesis 2, 1 through 4, that he rested from all the work of his creation. Verse 2, I'm sorry, verses 15 through 17 say this. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Listen to me. That's not work to just tend and watch. That's easy. Some of you got those cush jobs where you just tend and watch right now, right? All right. But God said, here, I'm going to put you here. Everything is available for you. All you have to do is watch over it and tend to it, okay? That's his rest. I've done all the work. I've done all the work, and I'm going to place you in it. Church, that's rest. Father, I pray for faith to catch up right now in Jesus' name. Listen to me. Your life has already been written, the story of your life has already been written by God. Jesus Christ is the author and found, and, and the author and finisher of your faith. Your story is already, already complete. You just have to catch up by faith, right? One step at a time, by faith, I walk into the promises of God that He has for me. I can't work harder to enter into his rest. I have to believe harder. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not by force, it's by faith. And when you believe God, you can, en- you can enter into the work that he has already finished. God didn't say, Adam, I'm putting you here, but there's more work to do. No, he said, it's already been complete. All you have to do now is tend and watch over it. How many are ready for some blessings to enter into their lives where all they have to do is just tend and watch over them? I don't have to stress. I don't have to strive. Lord, I'm just going to enter into your rest and all I have to do is just watch. And you know what that will enter? That will cause you to enter into a season of worship oh God, look how good you've been to me. Look at what you've done. Look at what you have provided. And but, but we can't enter into rest if we're busy doing our own work and leaning to our own understanding. So listen, the Lord God placed a man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit, You are sure to die. So man enters into his rest, has all these things laid out before him. all, All he has to do now, oh my goodness, all he has to do now is to tend, to watch, and not die. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've given you life. I've given you blessings. All you have to do now is tend and watch and not die. Well, where's the death come from? If you do what I said not to do so see so look we all love when God makes a promise a good promise and keeps it but when he says the soul that sins shall die or when he says that the wages of sin is death we got to remember that part of God too. It's not just the blessings, there's cursings as well, and none of his word fails. So I'd rather be on the blessed side and living in obedience than to test him and live in sin and receive the, uh, receive the penalty of death. So we all know in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to kind of skip over a little bit of this, but Satan came into the garden and began to deceive Eve. So, oh my goodness, like I've already got rest. I'm already tending over the blessings, but now here comes deception because the thief is in the garden. The thief is in the garden. Saints of God, listen closely to me we got to be careful about the thief in the garden, and the garden is your life. The the, the things that God has blessed you with, the job, the house, the family, all those things. We must understand that there is a thief still in the garden. Because the Bible says that the, 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 the devil, he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour everybody. It's who he may devour. So who can he devour? The disobedient. Those who are not living in accordance to God's plan and purpose. So we see here that the the, the, the devil begins to trick Eve and ask her a question. And then he says, you won't die if you eat from it. God just knows your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6 says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too at their moment at that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sued fig leaves together to cover themselves church it's never good to eat what belongs to God if he says don't touch that then we don't touch that and this is the way death came so here's what we have to know every single one of us I don't care how saved you are I don't care how long you've been a Christian I don't care how How spiritual, how full of the Holy Spirit we are, we must understand this, that disobedience brings death. That you can't disobey God and still be blessed to the fullest. We've got to get rid of all disobedience. Another thing we have to be wary of is the devil's lies. He's always trying to lie to us, but for our own gain. Do this for your gain. Instead of, instead of trusting God and staying in his rest and believing his promises, the devil is always lying to us to get us to do something for our own gain. The next thing we must understand about Eve is that she wanted wisdom from a source other than God. So here's what we must understand about unrest. Unrest leads to death and rest leads to life. So what is unrest? So, if what God says is rest, then everything I think away from what God says is unrest. That's why we're stressed. Man, you can stop going to the counselor now and just listen to what I just said. <laughs> everything that God says is peace and rest and joy and hope and love and confidence. But everything we think that opposes what God says, is death and stress and anxiety and fear and sickness and loss. So whenever we're stressed out about something, we are, but man, this is so good. I wish I was sitting down listening to this. Whenever we are stressed out about something, it's because we're believing something God didn't say. Because what God said never leads to stress. It's peace and it's hope and it's love because God is good. My thoughts are bad, but God is good. And that's why he said, my thoughts are high above your thoughts. And my ways are high above your ways. Church, the next time you catch yourself worried or stressed out, I want you to evaluate what you were thinking about. And I promise you, every time it wasn't a Bible verse. Every time it wasn't what God said. It's the lies of the enemy to bring you deception to make you think that God isn't good and worthy of praise. What, what the devil does is try to move God out of the equation and get you along with the problem and circumstance to pull you down so that he can steal and he can kill and he can destroy. Say this with me I will not, I will not. Be, depressed. be depressed. I will not worry. I will hide his word in my heart so I will not sin against him. Can I tell you guys something? Worry is sin. Ooh. The Bible says that everything that is not of faith is sin. So we have to hide the... Man, man, We've got to hide the word in our hearts so we don't worry, right? Because when you meditate on your own problems, you're you're looking inward. And when you look inward, you don't see God. You see how you have to fix it. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we would understand that rest comes from your word alone. So, to pour out our love on God, note takers, write this one down. You should be writing a lot down right now. But... To pour out our love on God is to obey him. That's his love language, is obedience. So it's not just singing songs uh, to him, or it's not just coming to church on a Sunday morning. To really pour out your love on God in worship is to be in obedience to what he said, to be doing what he asked us to do. So man messed it all up, right? But God had a plan and here comes a revelation of coming life and rest. We're going to Genesis chapter three, verses 14 through 19. Adam messed it all up, right? He could have just lived there. We could have been there and just tending and resting and and living uh, with God. But God had a plan even, even at the fall. And it says this, because you have done this, Talking to the serpent, I'm sorry. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, graveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Church, can you say rest? Rest. Rest is when God speaks and it comes to pass because nothing that he says fails. So we can rest on that. I can rest on what God said. So at the beginning, God had a plan to bring us rest again, even though we messed it up. That's the graciousness and goodness of God. And listen to what he said here. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And listen to what he said. He, which is Jesus, will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So we know that, the, that, that God, through Jesus Christ, defeated Satan, although uh, he was struck on his heel, although he was nailed to a cross. Life still came through Jesus Christ. And then listen to the curse of the man. Listen to why we have to go through so much in this life without God now. Listen to the curse that was put on man. Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Oh, man, that doesn't sound like tending the garden anymore, does it? Remember, all we had to do was tend and watch and we may freely eat. But now listen to what happens. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat... Of your brow, will you have food to eat? Does that sound like rest? No. By the sweat of your brow, by work, until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. So, natural life for man will become hard. Bread to eat will be difficult to grow and to produce to sustain his life. And we were never meant to sweat for food, it was to be freely given. Now he introduces Jesus as the rest of our life. Let's go to Matthew chapter four, verse four. We see when Adam and Eve were tempted by the devil, they fell for his tricks and they ate. Now Jesus is being tempted by the devil and he's not falling for his tricks. Jesus is fasting for 40 days, he's hungry, You guys are hungry and you ate four hours ago. All right. He hadn't ate for 40 days. And the enemy comes to him and saying, Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus replies this way People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Church, can you say this with me? I live live. by what God says. says. Again, I I live. But what by what, by what God says. So whatever God says brings you life, right? So every word of God is life to our spirit and life to our soul. So let's talk more about this rest. But before I go on, I want to make sure that you really, really get this, okay? So now that we have new life in Jesus Christ, we have the love of God. We have a new identity in Christ. Okay, let me start over. Now that we have new life in Jesus, we have love from Jesus. He died for us, right? So now we have a new identity from Jesus. He is our head and we are his body. We have the mind of Christ. We have been purchased with his blood. Our new identity is in Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new Christ. Creation, right? Now we have the faith of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus have faith? Yes. And we have His same faith on board because He lives inside of us. Eternal purpose. He had a purpose to fulfill, to live according to the will of his father and to bring glory to his name. And now we have the love of Christ, the identity of Christ, the faith of Christ, that we might fulfill the purpose of Christ in our lives, which is to bring glory to the father. Now that we have life. We don't new life, right? So uh, we don't have work anymore. Okay, the law was work. You got to do this to be righteous. You got to do this to be righteous. Nope. I'm freely giving you new life, love, identity, faith, and eternal purpose, so that you may enter into my rest. You see, rest is spiritual. Sinners can't have rest because they can't spiritually discern the word of God. Before you have rest, you must have this new life that God has given us. And what is rest? Rest is when you stop toiling and sweating, when you break free from the curse, when you're not striving and struggling to get through this life, when you say, Jesus, I I receive you as my Lord and Savior, I take your life upon me as my own, and now I enter into his rest. For him saying, it is finished so now how do I live I live by God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and that is revelation. His word is revelation. And because he speaks revelation to us, it empowers our faith to believe him. And then he will give us a strategy, and that strategy will always lead into triumph. He tried so hard to give the children of Israel rest but they just wouldn't receive it. They had glimpses of rest, like at Jericho, right? So if God says march around the wall seven times and you do it five times, what can you expect? The wall to still be standing. Listen, church, hear me by the Spirit of God right now. Some of you have only marched around the wall five times. You're saying, God, where is this blessing? God, where where is your goodness in this area? Because he's saying, I told you to march around the wall seven times. I told you to do something specifically that you still haven't done yet. Church, can you pray for me? Because I'm supposed to be writing a book, and I've been dragging my feet for a long time. If I can be transparent, you can be transparent. Some of you are also dragging your feet in some things. Some of you were supposed to go back to school and have it done again. I'm too old. Well, guess what? You're still getting old. You were old when he told you, and now you're older now. all right, the old don't stop. So just move that excuse out of the way. Whatever God told you to do, you cannot get to the triumph without the strategy. So the revelation is God told us to do something. That's how we live. The empowerment is when he said it, you're like, oh, wow, that's big. I want that. And then he releases to us a strategy. And if you don't have faith, this is where the strategy falls to the ground. God's promises don't fall. I'm sorry, I woke the baby up. God's promises don't fall to the ground, but in order for them to be fulfilled, you have to do what he said, okay? And then after you fulfill his strategy, that's when triumph will come, after you do what he said. I, about, uh, it's been about five years ago or so, uh, maybe, maybe not that long, um, I didn't like my credit score. Right. And um, so God, be just begin to give me wisdom to just start paying, paying it off. You know what I mean? Like, well, I can't, I can't afford to pay. Never say this. Please don't ever say what you can't afford to do. Take it out of your vocabulary. Put it far behind you because whatever you say, whatever you say out of your mouth, you'll run into it. The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. What does that mean? You're trapped by them. So when you speak negative over your life, you're trapped by it and you walk into it. So never say, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to live there. I can't afford to do this. Whatever you say, that's what you're declaring. That's a declaration over yourself. Right? So you must say, I am blessed. I can do exceedingly and far above all that I can even ask or think or imagine because God dwells in me and he loves me. That's how you got to start talking to your future. But anyway, I I said, God, I'm going to give you a raise. Sure did. I said, 10%. Nope, not anymore. You're getting a raise. And you know what? Ever since then, I have been even more blessed than I was back here because let me tell you something about the tithe. I never miss it. I never miss it ever. It's like God supernaturally protects the 90%. But if I when I used to take it from them, broke the broke so fast, so much trouble, a uh, tire going flat, need a new alternator. This because why? Cuz the devourer is not being blocked. The, divide, the promise of God that is over me when I give to God is not activated. And then uh, I was talking to my mom several years ago. I'm like, Mom, like something happened to, to the car, and I got to pay like six hundred dollars or something like that for it. And I, and I was just believing God that was, that He was going to rebuke the devourer for my sake. That this stuff couldn't touch me. And you know what she said to me? Do you have it? I said yes. She said, There you go. You're blessed. You've got it. You've got the money. Right. And so you can just you don't have to borrow. You don't have to beg. God blessed you. And you've got the power now to rebuke the devourer for yourself because God has increased you. Listen to me, church. You are not poor. You are not broke. You are never you are never so poor in which you must take what belongs to God. Don't do that. Don't touch what belongs to God. Because when you sow it into the kingdom, it will come back to you more than you gave. It's not a trade. There's always greater blessing. And it's not just finances God will bless you with. It's favor. Can you say favor, church? Favor. Listen to me. Uh, Credit score was low. And the lady at, um, what bank was it? I can't even remember right now. Um, But she had financed tons of people for homes. So she's the queen of it in Lima or whatever, right? And my credit score is not, we gotta go to the children's church to see where my credit score was. It's not even on this level, right? We gotta go down to the basement to see it. And I just began believing God and and tithing and loving him and giving away uh, seed, I call it seed, planting seed in people's lives. And here's what she said to me. Uh, she ran the credit the first time, and then 30 days later, or 45 days later, or so, she ran it again. And here's what she said She said, Mr. Tibbs, in all my time working here, I have never seen someone's credit score go high, that high that fast ever. Okay, since it was my testimony, I'll clap for myself. Praise the Lord. It was rest. God told me to do something, I was empowered to believe it, I followed the strategy, and now I have the triumph that he provided through me. It's just obedience that does this for us. Obedience allows us to enter into the rest of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. This is the promise of rest that remains for God's people, all right? Listen to this. I, I, I need you to say this with me. God's promise Of entering his rest rest. still stands. stands. All right. I know we got some babies sleeping, but I'm sorry because they might wake up. All right. We got to say this for real this time, right? Because who wants this rest that I'm talking about? It's available. It's available. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be worried. Every scripture in the Bible is wide open to you to have and to receive if you will believe it by faith. The door is open. Do you hear what I'm saying? The door to God's promise is open. How do we know it's open? Because the Bible says the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. That means the door is open. I don't, woo, I don't have to do anything but say yes, God, I receive that promise and I believe it. And then amen, God, it is finished. That's how you get the best of what God has to offer. It's through faith. It's not through toiling. It's not through working overtime. It's not for working two and three jobs. It's just saying, okay, God, you said it, and I just say yes to it. I stand in agreement. See, that's what happens at the empowerment stage. I'm talking about empowerment. Church, can you say empowerment? This is what happens at the empowerment stage. When you read God's word and something clicks in you and says, I haven't been seeing this in my life. I want some of this. What happens is there is a chemical or a spiritual, a supernatural uh, reaction when your faith touches God's word. Raise your hand if you've ever played with magnets before. You play with magnets. You get them a little closer. You feel that force between the two of them, right? There's this force that you, it's an invisible force that you can't see, but if you let go, it just comes together. I'm trying to tell you something very important about this revelation and empowerment phase. When God says something, right, there's a pull to it. You hear what I'm saying? Because God's, When God says something, the Bible says that When he speaks and his word comes out of his mouth, it will not return void to him. Can you say magnet? Magnet. So God's word is like a magnet from heaven pulling down things, pulling up things from the earth. When I say it, it has to happen. When God says it, it has to happen. But it only will happen for those who believe. That's why you need faith. That's why every time Jesus put his hands on somebody sick, they were healed. That's why when Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth, he had no doubt that that dead man was going to rise. Why? Because he had faith in the Father and what his word said. This is what Jesus said that he did when he was on this earth. He came to destroy the works of Satan. And number two, I only do what I see my father doing. I only do and and see in that only vein is the power of God that does not fail church I want you to change your address from doubt and disbelief and I want you to move over here into the power of God and line your life up with his word because there's a pull on it it's stronger than cancer it's stronger than death it's stronger than death it's stronger than depression his word does not fail there's a power to it so A magnet really doesn't have an effect on anything that doesn't have metal in it, does it? Neither does God's word have any effect on anyone who doesn't have faith in them. So if I don't have faith, I can walk right by God's word and nothing happened, right? I'm still sick. I'm still broke. I'm still depressed. I'm still stressed out. But when I get a little bit of faith active in my life and I walk by God's word, there's something that just happens, that my faith is increased and I am empowered by what he said. And I'm able to say yes and amen. I'm able to say the doctor said that I will die, but God said that I will live. The the bank said they're going to foreclose. But God supplies all of his, my, my, my riches through his riches in the name of Jesus. My, my body says it's weak, but God says, let the weak say they are strong. It takes faith. Without faith, there is no empowerment for the rest of the equation to flow. Okay, so the revelation is what God says. The empowerment is what happens when someone with faith believes it and receives it with a yes and amen. Then the strategy comes. You see, there is no release of strategy until you've got the faith to believe that God's gonna make it so. But see, God is in charge of the revelation. God's in charge of the empowerment. But we don't get to do anything till we get down to the strategy part. When God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. A man with leprosy comes to see a prophet of God, and the prophet gives him a revelation. God gives him a strategy and says, listen, I want you to go dip in that river seven times. And dude is like, I'm not getting that dirty water, you know? Couldn't you just lay hands on me? I've seen you do it before. Water, I got to go dip in the dirty water. And the man of God said, listen, we came a long way. You know, just believe this man at his word. So he says, okay, I'll go. So he went, he followed the strategy. Because listen, church, sometimes you will be called to fix people in the empowerment stage. They've got a word from God, but their faith is low. You hear me? And you'll be sent along and say, listen, man, I got a testimony to share. How many of you have a testimony? Raise your hand. Hands down. How many have two of them? Hands down. How many got three? You got lots of testimonies. And there's lots of people out there stuck in the situation that you used to be in, right? And so what your testimony does for them is give them the faith and courage to say, okay, God did it for me. He can do it for you too. And then at that moment, their faith increases and they go and they dip in the river or they do whatever God says do. And then the triumph is fulfilled. Listen to me. Please hear this. God needs you to play a part in his glory being revealed in this earth. God wants to make a testimony out of your life, but you must enter into his rest by faith. I'm going to read this passage and then we'll be done. Hebrews chapter four says this. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear. That some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share what? The faith of those who listen to God. So, do you hear what I'm saying? That without faith, there is no rest. And I'll tell you, the main thing that drives us away from rest is fear. I just got to work harder. I, 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 I got to do something more. I'm not doing enough. You doing more is not rest. All he simply asks us to do is to believe in what he's already done. Believe in what he's already prepared. Listen, I didn't. I didn't uh, move to Lima and uh, contact the TV station and say, "Hey, I want to host a game show to find my next wife." <laughs> so I'm going to put out applications for all the finest of the fine, the, those that love the Lord the most, to come and assemble. And we'll run them through a game show. Okay, can you you cook this or not? Can you do this or not? Can you do this or not? And I'll pick the winner. Nope. That's why so many people, before they find that special someone, can't find them because they're looking through their own eyes and with their own mind. The Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing not a man that searches for a wife, a man that simply finds her, enters into God's rest, and receives the blessings that he has. Let's continue here. For only we who believe, oh my goodness, that's in your Bible. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, these are the unbelievers, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter into my place of rest. That's why, church, I'm begging you. Never let your problems get you into unbelief to where you're not trusting God to answer everything for you. Because he took an oath and said, those that do not have faith, those who do not believe, can never enter into my rest. I want you guys to put your hand out like this. Now, put it like this, like you're holding a key. The key to entering into God's rest is faith. And you might say, well, I don't have faith. Stop lying. The Bible says that he has given to every one of us a measure of faith. And that's the key. Woo! Church, say this with me. Faith Faith is the key. key. Faith Faith is is the key. All right. Faith is the key that unlocks your salvation. Faith is the key that unlocks your healing. Faith is the key that unlocks your blessings. Faith is the key that unlocks everything that God has for you. It's how you enter into rest. You will never worry yourself into victory. Oh, man. I worried yesterday, but I didn't worry good enough. I got to worry better today, said no one ever, but we still do it. So put down worry, let's stand. Put down worry because that's the curse. Stop trying to work harder. That's the curse. Stop saying, I need overtime. I need to work 60 and 70 and 80 hours a week to provide for my family. That's a lie. My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Let faith do what your work can't do. Let faith allow you to enter into the best of God. And the best of God Is the rest that he's prepared for those he loves. Why, why, why die to get to rest? Why die to experience his goodness? Listen, I'm going to heaven, but I'm experiencing heaven already because the God of heaven has brought me to high places to sit with him. And the God of heaven has made a house in me because he said that if you obey me, Me and my Father, we will make a home in you. So heaven is right here. The kingdom of God is within us. Can you lift your hands all over the church right now? Holy Spirit, I call upon you now to release truth in this place. Some of us have been working too hard unnecessarily. Some of us have been toiling too hard unnecessarily. Some of us have been worrying and we've been stressed out and we've been lacking sleep when the whole time the key was in our pocket. The key that would unlock the answers to all of our questions was right in our pocket because you have given us all a measure of faith. You can put your hands down for a moment. Here's what I see. Many of you are stressed out and worried about doors that won't open for you right now. And man, I was in high school and we was getting beat bad at halftime. And we were going into the locker room and the door was locked. And my coach is a big man. And he tried to, he was going to use force to open that door and went boom. And that door just laughed at him. I mean, this was a big guy, but that door didn't open like that. And I see some of you in front of doors where you're just trying to use force to open these doors, but it's not by force. For the word of God says that it's not by power, nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So you you have to understand that doors are supernatural and they open spiritually. And God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him with spirit and truth. Get those keys back out again, because we're going to make a declaration right now. Father, I pray over these keys right now in Jesus' name. I pray that our faith, God, see, we think we need more keys. We say, God, give me more keys. Give me more faith. He said, you're not using the key I gave you. So Father, I pray now in Jesus' name, we don't need a bigger key. We don't need more keys. We just need to put the key in the lock. I want you to put the key in the door in front of you. Don't turn it yet but just put it out there in place of you. I know it might seem silly, but something spiritual is happening here. Something supernatural is happening here. Father, we repent in the name of Jesus Christ. We're sorry for trying to force doors open and some of us have fell asleep in front of the door. I see I see some of you sleeping in front of the door. you just so weary, so tired of trying to get this door open. But Lord, now, through the power of Jesus Christ, we're going to believe your word and if you say that faith is the key that unlocks the door of destiny and blessings in this moment we turn them. Just beginning to begin to turn that key into the lock of destiny and now just push the door open. it's open. Say this with me it's open. Say this with me by faith it's open. So, Father, we declare open doors now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the doors that have been locked, the ways that we did not have access to, we declare, God, that we believe you. Say this with me, church. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I believe you. But even in our faith, we will not fail to pray this prayer. Church, say this with me. Lord, Lord, I believe, believe. but help my unbelief. unbelief. That's for those challenging doors. That's for those doors where you don't even see the keyhole. That's for those places you don't even see the door yet. You don't even know if there's even a way for this thing to happen. How's my son gonna be saved, God? How's this gonna happen? How am I gonna be healed from this? How's this gonna happen? I don't even see the door yet. And you know what Jesus says? I am the door. I am the door. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So our faith is in Jesus. When we don't see the door, we know that our faith is there. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that from this moment forward, that we just enter into your rest by faith. Father, I gave this word to you. I didn't preach a whole lot of it, but that's okay. I said what your Holy Spirit gave me to say in this moment. Stress, leave now in Jesus' name. Worry, leave now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Brother, right back here. Come here for me, man. You trust me? Just lift your hands to the Lord. It's not too late. You hear me? It's not too late. The call on your life that God has for you